Welcome to First Formation, a weekday podcast for high church lowlifes like me, Logan Isaac, looking to get the fuck up and pray. This is where Pew Pew HQ shares morning prayers for the humble, hearty folk caught in the crosshairs of God and country. A podcast for anyone who cares for soldiers and veterans enough to follow us into the mud and the suck, to hear the good news through grunts and with grunts in the unity of the Holy Spirit as one church forever and ever. Fall in. Psalm 133 How very good and pleasant it is when kindred live together in unity. It is like the precious oil on the head running down upon the beard, on the beard of Aaron, running down over the collar of his robes. It is like the dew of Hermon, which falls on the mountains of Zion. For the Lord, for there the Lord ordained his blessing, life forevermore. 1 Samuel chapter 20, verses 1 through 23 and 35 through 42. David fled from Raoth and Ramah. He came before Jonathan and said, What have I done? What is my guilt? And what is my sin against your father that he is trying to take my life? He said to him, Far from it, you shall not die. My father does nothing either great or small without disclosing it to me. And why should my father hide this from me? Never. But David also swore, Your father knows well that you like me, and he thinks, Do not let Jonathan know this, or he will be grieved. But truly, as the Lord lives, and as you yourself live, there is but a step between me and death. Then Jonathan said to David, Whatever you say, I will do for you. David said to Jonathan, Tomorrow is the new moon, and I should not fail to sit with the king at that meal. But let me go, so that I may hide in the field until the third evening. If your father misses me at all, then say, David earnestly asked leave of me to run to Bethlehem, his city, for there is a yearly sacrifice there for all the family. If he says good, it will be well with your servant. But if he is angry, then know that evil has been determined by him. Therefore deal kindly with your servant, for you have brought your servant into a sacred covenant with you. But if there is guilt in me... Kill me yourself. Why should you bring me to your father? Jonathan said, Far be it from you. If I knew that it was decided by my father that evil should come upon you, would I not tell you? Then David said to Jonathan, Who will tell me if your father answers you harshly? Jonathan replied to David, Come, let us go out into the field. So they both went out into the field. Jonathan said to David, By the Lord, the God of Israel, when I have sounded out my father, about this tomorrow or on the third day, if he is well disposed toward David, shall I not send and disclose it to you? But if my father intends you to do harm, the Lord do so to Jonathan, and more also, if I do not disclose it to you and send you away so that you may go in safety. May the Lord be with you as he has been with my father. I am, If I am still alive, show me the faithful love of the Lord. But if I die, never cut off your faithful love from my house even if the Lord were to cut off every one of the enemies of David from the face of the earth. Thus Jonathan made a covenant with the house of David, saying, May the Lord seek out the enemies of David. Jonathan made David swear again by his love for him, for he loved him as he loved his own life. Jonathan said to him, Tomorrow is the new moon, 
You will be missed because your place will be empty. On the day after tomorrow you shall go a long way down. Go to the place where you hid yourself earlier and remain beside the stone there. I will shoot three arrows to the side of it as though I shot at a mark. Then I will send the boy saying, Go, find the arrows. If I say to the boy, Look, the arrows are inside of you. Collect them. Are on the side of you. Collect them. Then you are to come. For as the Lord lives, it is safe for you and there is no danger. But if I say to the young man, Look, the arrows are beyond you. Then go. For the Lord has sent you away. As for the matter about which you and I have spoken, the Lord is witness between you and me forever. In the morning, Jonathan went out into the field to the appointment with David, and with him was a little boy. He said to the boy, Run and find the arrows that I shoot. As the boy ran, he shot an arrow beyond him. When the boy came to the place where Jonathan's arrow had fallen, Jonathan called after the boy and said, Is the arrow not beyond you? Jonathan called after the boy, Hurry, be quick, do not linger. So Jonathan's boy gathered up the arrows and came to his master. But the boy knew nothing. Only Jonathan and David knew the arrangement. Jonathan gave his weapons to the boy and said, Go and carry them to the city. As soon as the boy had gone, David rose from beside the stone heap and prostrated himself with his face to the ground. He bowed three times, and they kissed each other and wept with each other. David wept the more. Then Jonathan said to David, Go in peace, since both of us have sworn in the name of the Lord, saying, The Lord shall be between me and you, and between my descendants and your descendants forever. He got up and left, and Jonathan went into the city. Acts chapter 11, verses 19 through 26. Now those who were scattered because of the persecution that took place over Stephen traveled as far as Phoenicia, Cyprus, and Antioch, and they spoke the word to no one except Jews. But among them were some men of Cyprus and Cyrene who, on coming to Antioch, spoke to the Hellenists also, proclaiming the Lord Jesus. The hand of the Lord was with them, and a great number became believers and turned to the Lord. News of this came to the ears of the church in Jerusalem, and they sent Barnabas to Antioch. When he came and saw the grace of God, he rejoiced, and he exhorted them all to remain faithful to the Lord with steadfast devotion. For he was a good man, full of the Holy Spirit and of faith, and a great many people were brought to the Lord. Then Barnabas went to Tarsus to look for Saul, and when he had found him, he brought him to Antioch. So it was that for an entire year they met with the church and taught a great many people. And it was in Antioch that the disciples were first called Christians. Uh, this morning, uh, there's a long reading from First Samuel. And it, it uh, makes clear that not everything that goes according to plan and I mean that in a, in a minor sense, but also a larger sense. In the minor sense, um, the boy doesn't actually tell David. Uh, the plan was that the boy is supposed to um, talk to David and say, are the arrows beyond you or are the arrows beside you? And that was a signal if Saul had it out for him that he should flee. Um, and Jonathan brings the boy and his three arrows and instead of the boy telling him the boy doesn't know and so Jonathan just 
yells at the boy, aren't the arrows beyond you? And that's the signal. And it's a sad day because David was right. And Saul has it out to get David. And Jonathan doesn't want to believe it, but he does. And he's done his part of their um, agreement. And they're both really upset because they're such great friends. And clearly Jonathan's dad um, has some irrational kind of animosity toward David. And they attribute it to, well, you know, it's just God's favor or um, the, the, the plan is that you should go away whether they like it or not. Um, and it made me think, actually, particularly in the, with the reading from Acts, about the church in Antioch, um, because it immediately follows the stoning of Stephen, apparently. And um, everybody fled. Um, shit had just gotten real. Like, yeah, it's great that, you know, we disagree with the Jews about whether or not this guy was the Messiah. Um, but when Stephen's stoned, the, the whole thing has just turned dark. Um, that the Jews and the Romans will at least tolerate it. Um, all of a sudden, their differences have become uh, inspirations for violence. And everybody runs and disperses, and that's where we get the word diaspora. But um, the, the, the church is, I don't know, I was going to say rebuilt, but it's more like the church comes back together miraculously. You know, they, they discover that there's people in Antioch, even though they've said, look, keep it on the down low. Um, nonetheless, some of them, Cyprus and Cyrene, um, they speak to outsiders and these outsiders are converted. And so there's this miraculous moment of like, oh, we're supposed to be like in hiding, but here's this amazing thing that God is doing. Um, people are, are, are beginning to believe in Christ, even though like that's exactly what got Stephen killed. Um, and if there's any theme, I think this morning, it's it's that sometimes uh, you have to you have to retreat. Sometimes you have to flee. There's this kind of I don't know unspoken thing in veteran service organizations. I've noticed it. I've certainly felt it. That um, if you want. <laughs> If you want to organize a gathering of some kind, you can't call it a retreat because retreat, you never retreat. I mean, that's like, I don't know if that's ever been told to me. It's just like, it's like conscientious objector. It's like a bad word. So you don't call a retreat a retreat. You call it a strategic, uh, what did one veteran service organization call it? A strategic gathering or something. I don't know. But retreating has such a bad name. But not only can it be strategic, sometimes you just have to fold your hand. Sometimes you have to, you have to, uh, what do we call it? Um, disengage from the battlefield. Um, that sometimes that is precisely what God has in mind. Um, and that we have to trust that on the other end of that retreat, of that breaking contact, um, that sometimes, that God will do something with that. Um, that if it's really something that is unavoidable, then God, even if it's not a part of the plan, God will make something of that. Um, that it's up to us to trust that God can do all things, um, even if, if we think that retreating is some form of, of giving up. It may, in fact, be part of 
uh, an overall, uh, you know, accomplishment or success. A prayer for the fifth week of Easter from the Book of Common Prayer. Almighty God, whom truly to know is everlasting life, grant us so perfectly to know your Son, Jesus Christ, to be the way, the truth, and the life, that we may steadfastly follow his steps in the way that leads to eternal life. Through Jesus Christ, your Son, our Lord, who lives and reigns with you in the unity of the Holy Spirit, one God, forever and ever. Amen. Thank you for falling into Pew Pew HQ's First Formation, where we share morning prayers for the humble, hardy folk caught in the crosshairs of God and country. If you like what you've heard, I hope you'll consider participating in one of the three following ways. First, you can support this podcast with a monthly contribution at anchor.fm slash firstformation. You can sponsor morning prayer for Pew Pew people with as little as a dollar a month, and you can cancel at any time if I ever piss you off. Second, you can become a co-host yourself by recording a lectionary reading and sending it to me to be included in a weekday episode of your choosing. Instructions for co-hosts can be found in earlier episodes, and you don't have to be a grunt to participate in First Formation in this or any way. Finally, and maybe most importantly, you can send me your prayer requests of a minute or less with a voice message feature on Anchor's iOS or Android apps. Prayers may be added to a morning prayer episode, aired anonymously if you wish, or kept private for me to pray for off-air. So there you have it, three ways to participate in morning prayers for Pew Pew people. I hope you will continue to listen in and maybe even consider participating yourself. This has been and always will be Logan Isaac. Always faithful, always family. Semper Familia.